At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning, is connecting with people. In an unscripted, unvarnished way. It's getting to, to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine and I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Always follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. Welcome in. We are live in downtown Las Vegas from the Circa Resort and Casino. Big show lined up today. Matt Eumann's on the program in 45 minutes. Uh, we have an update to the participants of the Friday Football Invitational. He'll tell you about it at that time. Paul Stone College Football Bets today. And uh, we will preview the Atlanta Falcons, Paulie, beginning with uh, last night's Monday night football game. That felt like not only a regular season game, but kind of like an important game in October or November, and I get it. Those two organizations are very close to each other, regionally speaking. Uh, the fan bases, I'm guessing, they don't particularly like each other. And uh, the players, the coaches, they hear about it, probably. There's a big rivalry. And, uh, you know, there's pride that sets in. And there was also a 24-game winning streak on the line for the Baltimore Ravens, which, as you've been saying now, all summer, we're never going to see this ever again. No. And it, it did mean something to those players. And, you know, we, we're not going to poo-poo preseason action, uh, action here. And the people that continue to do this, you're just, you're wrong about it. Uh, it does matter to a lot of these players. We're going to have a soundbite from John Harbaugh last night that when you hear him speak, I don't know how you don't say he's 100% correct on this. But it was a horrific beat in the first half if he had the Ravens, like I did, uh, at even money to win it uh, the first half outright. I can't believe what had to take place in that first half for them to lose it. And then also for them not to win the game. You knew things were not going their way last night, Paul. Well, a couple things. The INT in the first half in the end zone, where Prochet has to go in and out of his hands, then it's returned 55 yards for the commanders. All the penalties on that final drive that set him up for another touchdown. And when they were going to go for two to mm -hmm. make it a nine-point move, which I've been saying for more than a decade, that's what teams need to do in the NFL. And they were going to do it. It was a preseason game. Why not? And they get a stupid penalty to move him back 20 yards. And they had to trot Justin Tucker out there to kick the extra point. And it was only 28-20, so plenty of time was on the clock. Two scores, and the game's going to be over for the Commanders. And uh, that's exactly what they did. They scored two more times, and that was it. It was a hell of a game. No doubt about it. Howell looked great the first half beat. How Howell played in the first half. Great to have Troy and Joe back. Uh, Harris in the booth as well with the awkward handshake. I mean, the game had it all. Fantastic finish. A big move, a lot of respected money on Washington. And uh, I totally echo your sentiments at the top. I mean, these same people who are out there, oh, it's preseason, what does it matter, poo-poo? But then they eat up. Couldn't get enough of the Herm Edwards comments. You play to win the game and all this other stuff. Jobs are on the line, and as a betting network, too, not only 24 in a row straight up, you know, it was a 26-5 and ATS run. You know, as Dave Tooley from Beeson tweeted out today, it was a 24-1 and ATS run going into this year. So it's just cash. All the tickets cash the same. So what they've done and what they've accomplished here, haven't lost a preseason game since 2015. Mm -hmm. It's awesome. 
Good for them. It's why they're a solid organization and why Harbaugh's such a good coach. Competition uh, is good and healthy. And guys fighting for jobs and finding a way to win a game no matter what. I love it. You know, the same people also, these dopes, don't understand uh, tanking either. You know, they, they'd rather be average than bottom out. Of and it, I mean, that's the other thing of these same people. So you need to pick a street. Oh, they also have no, they're not relatable at all. They have no idea what the average fan has been waiting for for six months. It's like you wait the entire year, football yeah. comes back. The ratings for preseason games are awesome. No, these games suck. Why do people pay attention? Who cares about it? Well, who are you talking to? <laughs> yeah. Who? Who? Why, who? Yeah. why are you so pissed off about this? You need to understand that other people really do care when the NFL comes back. And it's a gigantic deal. So enough of that already. Um, some other things, though. You're exactly right. Like, this speaks to the Ravens' ability to have so much depth on their team. They weren't playing anybody last night for the most part. And they almost won for the 25th consecutive time. They're very good at recognizing talent, whether that's in the draft, signing guys, unrestricted free agents, whatever it might be, undrafted players to bring them in. Um, they're very good at that. Also, a couple of things that I wanted to really think about betting for week one. They're playing the Houston Texans. Mm-hmm. That total is 44 and a half in the game. It's very clear, not only by the words that new OC Todd Munkin has spoken since he basically took the job, but the way that they're playing, they're taking deep shots down the field and going like super fast tempo with all their backups. You don't think that's going to be the same way they're going to play in the regular season with Lamar Jackson and Zay Flowers and Odell Beckham and Mark Andrews and all these guys? And if their defensive line doesn't like hit this year and it's as weak as what people think it might be, and with the Marlon Humphrey surgery now on his foot this time of year, Very and good. John Harbaugh doesn't want to say anything about like the timeline, that secondary uh, has a chance to be susceptible to the deep ball as well. I'd like to think this team's going to play some overs. The problem is week one, they're playing the Texans. They might win that game 28-3. to Well, that's, yeah, that's where I land on, too. I mean, whether you want to use them in Survivor or not, I mean, I think they can bury Houston. And the track record here as well, Spread Investor had this on Twitter going back. They punished the Jets last year, won and covered easy, laying a big number. They, they beat the Browns 38-6. to They beat Miami 59-10. to They beat Buffalo 47-3. to Won by three touchdowns as a dog before that and covered against the Bills. So they're on a 6-1 and one straight up in ATS run in week one. And the average margin of victory is almost 28 points per game. Mm-hmm. So Harbaugh always has them ready to play and ready to rock and roll week one. So I also enjoyed the uh, back and forth there with, with Aikman about the wristband and Monk and how, telling what Lamar Jackson should be doing and, and getting a feel uh, getting comfortable calling out the plays as well and getting away from the wristband, mm-hmm. which maybe slow things down, but I think they'll. I think it will be full speed ahead and they'll be dangerous on offense this year, and it'll be a, a a big difference to what we've seen in the past with Roman, as it should be. They should have moved on from Roman. Well, so I'm like Adam Chernoff. I was excited with that press conference and that hire. It's also refreshing to watch the difference that we're going to see this year with Eric Bieniemy as the offensive coordinator. Are those players going to go complaining to Ron Rivera mm-hmm. how hard he's working him now again? That looked like an actual professional offense last night with some really good play, uh, players at wideout. And, oh, by the way, Sam Howell making plays on his feet. That, that, how he looked last night is exactly what he did at North Carolina. He is a good scrambler. The play's basically never dead. He looks to take shots down the field. You saw McLaurin and Dotson get wide open last night, among some others. And Biennemi's impact, I think, has already been felt now that we're two preseason games in. And I thought Ryan Clark at halftime on ESPN nailed it. If Sam Howell, if he, if, if that was, if last night, think about this, if last night was Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, or Anthony Richardson, the country would be losing their minds over that performance. <laughs> yeah. But here's he a guy was who was yeah. taken late last year as a yeah. second year quarterback. And it's like, well, he wasn't in the top five, so we're not so sure. Again, why? Why? Why, why do you think just a quarterback has to be good when he's taken in the top five and a guy who drifts out to the fourth, fifth, or sixth round means that he can't play? Yep. It's not the way it works in the NFL. After that performance, I think Washington's even going to be more popular in Survivor Week 1 uh, against Arizona. And the other thing, oh, yeah. I, 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 I agree with Lou Finacaro. I'm a little concerned of the McLaurin thing, that that could linger with the toe. Well, that maybe that, that could be something that bothers him the whole season. Possible. But, uh, again, a hell of a game, though. Awesome for a preseason game. Right. The, uh, the, the, what happened at the end and the drama and how well, how well they played and then just uh, the streak finally comes to an end. It was, it was very good. Yeah, and uh, I love this soundbite. Yeah. After the game, 
John Harbaugh, head coach of the Baltimore Ravens, he was still fired up. Yeah, it's just I'm I'm, I'm excited. Think think about something like that. And I just told our guys, you know, you're proud of it, of course, you know, you appreciate it. But the thing that you're proud of is all those games are mostly just like that. You know, preseason games that people want to write write about. Some of you in here want to write about and say they don't mean anything because you never played the game. You never were out there in a preseason game. You never were fighting for a spot on the field. And yet you have the audacity to say that the effort that somebody puts into that to win and fight and win a game like that is meaningless. Tell me that was meaningless out there what you just saw. If you like football, is that a meaningless football game? You know, I can't respect anybody that says that because of the effort these guys put into it. That's, what's, that's what you're proud of. That's, that's why I'm so proud of these guys for the way they fought. Good for him. Can't respect anybody who says that. Yeah. I'm sure he's just had enough of the last week about, ah, who cares? Or, you know, and even the guy from Washington, you, you read that comment yesterday about it. What do you mean it's a stupid streak? What? If we, <laughs> they've won 24 games in a row. Hmm? I mean, it, it speaks. That's why your organization has sucked for so long. Yeah, right. That could be one of, you know, and why these guys are so good. Year in, year out, they're in the mix. I mean, that, that's just an asinine comment. The stuff we've seen the last seven days with these comments about, right. you know, give them some credit and respect. We'll never see it again. Mark my words. I'll give you uh, two movie references here. One I tweeted out before the show. Just like Jim Carrey when he told Lauren Holly and Dumb and Dumber, I hate goodbyes. I hated seeing uh, the, the street go bye-bye last night. Uh-huh. I'll give you one more deep cut. Tom Cruise in the movie Cocktail. Oh, go, yeah. When he tells, tells the older woman that he's having an affair with. Right. Everything ends badly. Otherwise, it wouldn't end. Yeah. He's right. Yeah. And that was not, a, I mean, that... Did you have a crush on Elizabeth Shue? Oh, my God. Did oh, I, I loved a, her. Did I have a crush on her? Oh, was she something. Adventures in babysitting, cocktail. Take the pink. <laughs> what, what do you need? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that, she the, was the, great. The streak that she great. was on. Leaving Las Vegas. Yeah. You know what she did for a living. But, you know, anyways. Good no. looking gal. But that's good acting. Yeah. What, is, what did David Spade said? say? If uh, hookers looked like that, Charlie Sheen would be broke. <laughs> oh yeah. god did i have a crush on her yeah, yeah. that was uh, i think yeah. uh girl yeah. next door mitch oh Absolutely. yes that's exactly yeah, what sure. she looked like sure yeah. but we had uh, not only that game last night but a lot of news to get to here on the show today as well uh the colts gave jonathan taylor permission to seek a trade here we go how's that gonna work out i actually Getting juicy My, miami's in the mix miami wants them here's another one too. makes sense oh here's another one too well oh funny you, you didn't want to pay them, and now you want a first-round pick? Okay. It, it, it's completely different because now you're looking at it, it's like, what can I get for him because he's still young? It's a difference between I don't want to give the guy a long-term deal as opposed to now I want to trade him and it's on no, you. Sure. They're also looking at what Carolina got from McCaffrey less than a year ago. Right. So, you know, that's another thing where these people are out, of, out, out to lunch. Yeah, there's a lot of takeaways with that. Um, I think a team might actually be willing to give up a first-round pick if Jonathan Taylor doesn't accept or doesn't, like, say, I have to have a long-term contract. So that's one angle to look at it. And also, uh, is there more trouble brewing with one of the highest power-rated teams in the league? We'll kick that around, and Paulie will run down more of the betting action from last night in Win Some, Lose Some, coming up next on Follow the Money. It's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning, is connecting with people. In an unscripted, unvarnished way, is getting to, to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine, and I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Follow the Money on VSEN. You heard the Godfather coming back. Brent Musburger sat down with Billy Walters. You can watch the exclusive interview today, 2 Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. He shares some unbelievable betting stories and gives details on Phil Mickelson's gambling, including trying to bet on the Ryder Cup event he was playing in. And and we've seen it out there. It leaked on Twitter. His, His reaction about, are you bleeping stupid? You, you remember the Pete Rose thing? He couldn't believe it. He tells he tells Phil, "I'm not I'm not booking this action. It's ridiculous. I'm not getting a bet down for you. I wanted to bet for four hundred thousand on it." Check out the interview today, only on Veasan, two p.m. Eastern, eleven a.m. Pacific. Musburger and Walters can't wait. So much of that, uh, I'm anticipating so much of the interview and the book, which comes out today, obviously, Paul, as you said, the fact that Billy told people that after he got out of prison, he took a good year to sharpen up the numbers. Is just awesome to me. <laughs> That's so great. Yeah. I needed uh, a lot of time. Didn't know how much it was going to take. About a year. Yeah. I felt comfortable getting back in then. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, so the Atlanta Falcons are the team on the clock today. Our team preview as we're doing the NFC South the entire week. Numbers at DraftKings, 60-1 to 1 Super Bowl, 28-1 to 1 NFC. In that division, plus 215 pecking order here. Definitely on paper, Saints, Falcons, somehow 1-2 in that order. I think these two teams are right now clearly better than Tampa and Carolina. Win total, 8.5. The over is now minus 120. DraftKings division wins, 3.5, over plus 115. Will they make the playoffs plus 105? How about it? Wow. Yep, a lot of hype with this team. Mm -hmm. To me, it's easy. What's the quarterback play going to look like? What happens to Ritter? You can have all these toys and all these weapons on offense, but if the guy's not accurate, and you, yeah, you want to run the ball and play keep away and all this, but if, if Ritter is not consistent and not accurate, well, good luck. You know, because we saw that what they did. Now, I give Smith full credit what they did last year and hanging in there in the last two years, supposed to tank and bombarded with tanking questions, and they won games with Mariota. But these expectations now and everyone you talk to that they the go over the win total and, and yes with the playoffs the schedule is a joke no doubt about it you get that last play schedule and how it sets up with all these home games and how it's beneficial to them and the other thing with other, other with put redder to the side is the defense how bad the defense was they were 30th in, in defensive dvoa and they were 25th against the pass uh-huh. that's another one too so it's not like baker mayfield or Bryce Young can really you know, d- d- exploit it and take advantage. But at some point, you're going to run into a couple good quarterbacks here, and, and then that could be a problem. But certainly uh, all the Robinson hype and what the, boy, they're playing games with the depth chart. I see that. And people get a kick out of that, that he's listed third on the depth chart. But in any event, you know, you love your weapons, their weapons. You were big on pits, but you, they don't hardly get them the ball. Huh? And that's the other thing. So it's to me, it, it's a fascinating team. This division, you can make a case for several teams. But it comes down to, to me, Ritter, and, and what does that look? And I wouldn't be surprised if we see Heineke by October. Right, here's the very strange thing, to me anyway, why people are so high on this team. It's the year 2023, and uh, they like them, even though the quarterback is a total question mark, and it's a team that's run first in today's NFL. Mm-hmm. Like you don't. That's backwards, obviously. It's not the way the league has been going now for more than a decade. 
And so you don't hear a lot of people make this case. Has anybody been high on Tennessee really the last couple of years, even though they've been good? No. Why? It's because they're not pass first. They're not pass happy. It's because they run the football and they bank on a guy in Derrick Henry to have 350 carries every single year. So that's why I find it a little bit strange. However, PFF, Pro Football Focus, grades out their offensive line coming into the season as the seventh best in the entire league. They grade every single player. They watch every single play from every single game. Guard Chris Lindstrom was the best graded run blocker in the NFL at any position last year per their numbers. So it's a good unit. And they already had, you know, Algier last year, who was a really good rookie. Cordell Patterson the year before was like the fantasy MVP. And then they went out and drafted B. John Robinson first overall. So PFF has their running back room second overall. Now, beyond that, again, you said the questionable defense for sure. Defensive line, 27th. Linebackers, 28th, although they brought in Caden Ellis from the Saints. And he had a really nice season last year. The secondary, PFF has him 23rd. Although A.J. Terrell was like fantastic two years ago. Then he kind of fell off a map last year. So can he get back to that 2021 form? But Paul, you said, I mean, the schedule, second easiest on paper. Yeah. And here are the quarterbacks they're going to get the first 10 weeks of the season. Bryce Young, Jordan Love, Jared Goff, Trevor Lawrence, two definitely, you know, guys who we know about. Then Stroud, Howell, the Mayfield-Trask combo, Ryan Tannehill, Kirk Cousins, Colt McCoy before the bye. That's the quarterback list they're getting. Mm-hmm. You can get the you can get to seven wins without even trying to. Yeah, I mean, look I mean, at look. overall in the schedule again. Buccaneers at home, Colts at home, Carolina again, and then the the Bears uh, late in the season. I mean, they were after after the bye, so. So that's the that's the number one reason why I think people really really like this team because I don't think they'd be making a case if they were facing a top ten most difficult schedule in the league when they have an unproven quarterback and they are going to concentrate on running. When we were in that draft here at Circle last week, you know, that involved a bunch of uh, sharp betters here, guys who are respected. One guy, who, the guy who got the Falcon 16th, said he had to take him, said it's the easiest schedule he can ever remember. Well, that's true. But I also think they're a below-average team, and all this talk is about the schedule. Because you, don't want, you can't go to war with Ritter, who showed nothing to close the year. And that is going to be their guy. And certainly Heineke's won a lot of games in this league and almost beat Brady in a playoff game, but mm-hmm. he fell off last year as well. But for all this talk about Rivera on the hot seat and how bad, I mean, they still almost made the playoffs in Washington, won eight games too. And they're throwing Carson Wentz out there. But I would rather have the Saints on a future than Atlanta. And I'm not a Carr fan, but I, I like Carr a lot more than Ritter. And certainly while Atlanta has some nice pieces, I, I, would, I would still take, uh, I would take a future on the Saints though. Mm-hmm. But everyone's just looking at, well, you win this division, you get a home game, and then off we go. And suddenly you got to, I like what Mike Sanderson did. He grabbed them at 20. In, in, in the draft, and Atlanta went 16. So, well, but I, I respect Adam Chernoff, and Chernoff loves the over, and he loves Art Smith, coach of the year. Mm-hmm. Yep, same here. I totally respect yep. that guy. Uh, love bringing him on the show every single week. think he's great. We do have, in two hours from right now, we have a former tight end, Randy McMichael. He played in the league for 10 years. Had a pretty nice career. He's a radio host in Atlanta now. I have to ask him about Kyle Pitts. Because they took the sure. guy, again, fourth overall. Now, his rookie year, it's probably easy to forget this, but he did have more than 1,000 yards, only one touchdown. I was frustrated. I wanted more looks in the um, the red zone area to get him some more touchdowns. Last year, he was banged up, but only 59 targets and 28 catches. That's not a good percentage. Over 10 games, he had 356 yards and two touchdowns. That, to me, is it's it's a misuse of this guy who was like an uber prospect at that position. And now I don't want to panic, but like the usage so far in the preseason, I know fantasy people are like, "Uh Oh, this trend's going to continue with Kyle Pitts." I don't want to freak out that badly at this point, but I've been um, disappointed. We'll say, and how they have you. I'm still two years later. I'm still screaming from the mountaintop saying the Niners should have taken him third overall. That whole thing was botched. (laughs) <laughs> they screwed it with uh, Trey Lance, and then this guy goes number four to the Falcons. They don't know how to use the guy. So I think McMichael will be a great guy to talk to. It's like, what are you seeing that we're not if you like it? And uh, if not, then what, what are they going to do that's different with they're, him? They're on an 8-2 and two underrun, last 10 when they play the Saints. And again, in our guide, Steve Mackinac with his power rating, Saints 20, Atlanta 22, Carolina 25, Tampa 30. 
with his rankings. Well, it tells you, I mean, that division is just... That's right. But someone's going to the playoffs, and maybe two teams, and someone's going to host a playoff game here. So, but I, I much I'd rather have New Orleans on a future than Atlanta. Yeah, can they can they win four games in their division? The over three and a half at DraftKings yeah. is plus one fifteen. Yeah, well, we're right week one right off the bat. I don't. That seems short now, hosting Carolina, but uh, kind of does. Right, uh, I should be able to sweep Tampa, even if I split with Carolina. And then do I beat uh, do I beat the Saints at home? I think it's fair to say that they'll split with the Saints. In fact, I'll say this. If you think they can do that, which I kind of do, split with the Saints, I think they're going to hit four in that division. Because they'll take at least one from Carolina or maybe sweep that team, and they'll take at least one from... I mean, they're... Yeah. Yeah. Another thing, too, though, it's like not a lot of... Uh, you can ask Randy about that as well. People people don't care. Well, they've, t- they've tuned that organization out. I mean, the empty seats and all that. The other thing is it's great what Blank's doing with the concessions. Did you see that haul you could get for food for $20? Oh, it's incredible. Oh, my God. It's like a hot dog, $1.50 or $2 right. there. It's like, it, was this Costco or is this an NFL football no, I, game? I think he actually purposely, does, if, I, yeah. if I recall correctly, I believe he wanted to duplicate what the Masters offers. I think that's the line of thinking there. Yeah, that was all over Twitter before their game over the weekend. The, the guy got like t- seven, eight things, and it was under $20. Yeah, it's impossible nowadays. Stand. But, uh, you know, the fans aren't into it. But, we'll, again, it all comes down to Ritter. And we'll say, I don't think the kid can play. Oh, there's certainly a and chance that he can't. You already have to have the, the owner already has to come out and say, well, I back him because the heat's on. Yeah, we have a couple of new participants in the Friday football invitational betting contest all year in the NFL and college football. Matt Humans will tell you who they are coming up next here on Visa. This is Follow the Money on v The big one today, Billy Walters and Brent Musburger. Legendary sports better Billy Walters sat down with Brent to discuss his new book, Gambler, Secrets from a Life at Risk. For a limited time, get a free copy of Billy's new book when you become a v Pro Annual subscriber. Sign up, get the new v Pro Annual subscription, and use promo code BILLY. Get an entire year of v Pro access daily best bets, the betting guides, 24-7 video, betting splits, promo code BILLY. When you sign up for a VEASAN Pro Annual subscription, you get your free copy of the book. Copies are limited. Sign up VEASAN.com slash subscribe today. College football here. Professional sports better Paul Stone joins the program. His podcast is called the Paul Stone Sports Podcast, and you can follow him on Twitter at Paul Stone Sports. Paul, good morning. Thanks for the time as always. Before we get into a couple of plays that you like, week zero and week one, how about this line movement, massive steam yesterday on the Florida Gators against Utah, the rematch from last year's great game to kick off, help kick off the season in that Saturday night game that was at the Swamp. Now this morning, Paul, where we broadcast from at Circa, they're down to four and a half on the Utes. There's Cam Rising can't play in this game, can he? No, guys, uh, he's not going to play. I mean, you know, it's been – he suffered that, first of all, that torn ACL in the bowl game yep. in the mm-hmm. Rose Bowl last year against uh, Penn State almost eight months ago. And I've been – you know, I read that Salt Lake City newspaper about every day. And <laughs> reports have been, you know, that he hasn't fully participated in preseason workouts. Uh, Cal Whittingham's been very close to the vest. And, you know, with the game less than two weeks away, you know, it's, it's just become, you know, abundantly clear he's not going to play. Their second-team quarterback, Brandon Rose, is already out, you know, possibly for the season. So that means the likely starter, third-team quarterback, Bryson Barnes. Quarterback is the one position that could impact the line. It was eight and a half, I think, mostly uh, before uh, this this news, you know, really broke that he's not going to start or at least seems like he's not going to start. So that shows you what what the line can do when you get the news involving the availability or not availability of a top quarterback. Yes, very good. All right, it's here. Seven games Saturday, week zero, all on television. How great, how things have changed. This is awesome. Uh, How about a total here with Ohio and San Diego State? You know, San Diego State, obviously, in recent years, they've been a team, you know, they they try to employ those old-school methods, Paulie, to to try to win football games. They try to utilize a strong running game, win the turnover battle, play sound defense. Uh, And as a result, the Aztecs, they typically – play slower tempo football, therefore their games are lower scoring. 
Last year, for instance, Central State averaged only 131 plays per game, considerably lower than the national average of approximately 140 plays per game. You look on defense, they only returned six defensive starters, got to replace their entire front three. But the Aztecs, they've only allowed an average of 20.5 points or fewer in each of the last four years, and they really hadn't been all that good on offense, as you probably know. They've averaged 351 yards total offense or fewer in each of the last five years. Their top returning rusher last year, only 313 yards. Their top returning receiver only had 349 receiving yards. They only averaged in their first five games last year passing 65.6 yards per game. So they really had trouble. They did pick it up later in the year with their passing game, but really had trouble early throwing the ball. I don't think they're going to be any better at quarterback this year. Jalen Maiden's a great uh, athlete, but he remains more of a runner than a passer until further notice. Going to add this last caveat. In games with a closing total of 48 or higher over the past six seasons, San Diego State, 23-5 and five to the under. Yes. They go Ohio and San Diego State under 49 Saturday night. It's All right. Snapdragon. Very good. Great analysis. Week one, Friday, September 1st, Georgia Tech against Louisville. Tell us why you like the dog. You know, Louisville, first of all, they lured back one of the school's top all-time quarterbacks to be their new head coach. Uh, Jeff Brom takes over after spending the last uh, six years in the same room with Purdue. Like a lot of schools with a new coach, the Cardinals, they dipped heavily into the trans, uh, transfer portal. They added at least 26 transfers out of the portal, 14 of those coming after spring practice. One of those transfers is going to be former Cal starting quarterback Jack Plummer. He's expected to be the Cardinal starter this season. Plummer began his career at Purdue uh, under Brahms, so that's how he ended up in Louisville. Plummer, you know, he might be serviceable under center, but he's not Maylee Cunningham. He's middle of the road at best. He opposes, you know, no running threat to opposing defenses. So I'm not sure about their offense. Georgia Tech, on the other hand, they only won five games last year in Chris Price's first season as head coach. But the Yellow Jackets, they were a lot better late in the season than they were in the early going. They split their final eight games. And during those final eight games, stunning road upsets over both Pittsburgh and North Carolina. Both of those victories came as three touchdown underdogs, six and two last year as the betting underdog. Their athletic quarterback, Jeff Sims, did leave for Nebraska in the offseason. But last year, their bread and butter was their defense. They returned seven starters on defense. Louisville, they got a new head coach, got more than two dozen new players, got a middle-of-the-road quarterback, and they're favored by eight on the road. I'll take Georgia Tech plus eight. And you might even think about sprinkling a little money on wow. At plus 245 on the Yellow Jackets, like Georgia Tech there. All right, there we go. It's Follow the Money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Our guest is professional sports better Paul Stone. Why don't we close here on a uh, strong Paul Stone story? You came on a couple of weeks ago and blew our minds about what you did, uh, you know, covering capital punishment before getting into uh, sports betting full time many years ago. Your dad was a well regarded attorney from a small town and it's your understanding you don't really under you don't really know if he you know bet much on sports or not but he liked to go to the track with his buddies quite a bit throughout the calendar year right and uh this happened when you were a college student you were young on a friday afternoon and you went to louisiana downs one day what happened well my dad went to louisiana downs actually with his buddies so they're sitting there before the first race second floor sitting in the uh, uh, in the bleachers or maybe they had a table or whatever but a friend of his starts asking about Paul and you got to realize I'm the youngest of four have three siblings there's a little bit of separation in age between the third child and myself so I would be regarded as a mistake but I'm you know I've always worn that with the you know as a, as a badge <laughs> of honor I was kind of known in the community people who knew us as being maybe a little bit mischievous you know, mischievous, always into something uh, from a young age, maybe even until today. But my dad, this guy's inquiring about old Paul, and my dad tells him I'm taking summer classes at Stephen F. Austin State University uh, there in Nacogdoches, Texas, uh, getting some hours, working a little at home this summer in Jacksonville, not living in Austin. So I'm going to leave that story there, and I'm going to go to young Mr. Stone on this particular 
uh, Friday being myself. And Paul wasn't really properly focused on academics. I made a pretty high score on my SAT, uh, you know, especially the math portion. But I just had difficulty, guys, you know, getting psyched up for microeconomics or macroeconomics, you know, whichever it was that summer. So instead of making the 50-mile commute from my hometown to Nacogdoches, Texas, to pursue academia, sometimes, maybe most of the time, I would instead divert and drive across the Louisiana border to Bossier City, Louisiana, to do my studying at that institution of higher learning, Louisiana Downs, uh, my textbook being the daily uh, racing form. So I usually go to the Starlight Room. Uh, it was a place somewhat exclusive on the third or fourth floor. Only had to spend about 20 bucks to, to get a seat there. Had to wear long pants, you know, a little bit exclusive, a little bit of a dress code. They had betting stations up there, great shrimp gumbo, cold beer, <laughs> usually not very crowded. So I like to hang out there. But on this particular Friday, for some reason, I decided to go down to the second floor clubhouse area probably to get a better look at the horses, maybe look at some of the young ladies there on that day. But for whatever reason, I moseyed down to the second floor at some point before the first race. So back to my dad and his buddy. Guy asked my dad, so Paul's at Stephen F. Austin this summer. And my dad said, yeah, yeah, he's at Stephen F. Austin. Guy says, Richard, is he there today? And my dad said, yeah, yeah, he left the house about 7 o'clock this morning for, for Nacogdoches. Guy turns and looks at my dad and says, Richard, you know, I haven't seen your son in a long time. I had not seen Paul in a couple of years. But you see that young guy standing down there in the blue shirt, intently studying the daily racing form? Isn't that your son? <laughs> so my dad caught me when I was supposed to be at Stephen F. Austin State University. Instead, I was at Louisiana Down, where I spent most of that summer. But, I, you know, I hit a lot of daily doubles and uh, – you know, I'm not sure I got any degrees, but I got a, a hell of an education. And uh, that's, you know. There you go. Uh, that's kind of why I'm here uh, talking to you guys today on uh, Follow the Money. But you knew, you knew all the way back then. Yeah. yeah, you weren't uh, you weren't meant for college, right? Exactly. What about the guy ratting? The, yeah, no kidding. What a, what a, come on with the yeah, rat. No doubt. And, oh, and Mr. God. Stone was not happy at that point. Oh. Great story as always, Paul. Thanks for the time as always. Best of luck this week, okay? Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Have a great weekend of college football. Yep, well you done, too. Sir. Uh, Lincoln Riley has been awesome in week one games, but I do have one major question. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, stories from the frontiers of marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning is connecting with people in an unscripted, unvarnished way is getting to to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine. And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. 
My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Follow the Money on VSEN. Big day for the network. Legendary sports better Billy Walters sat down with Brent Musburger for an exclusive interview. The only place to see it's on VEASAN. He goes over his systems for betting the NFL, unbelievable betting stories, and gives details on Phil Mickelson's gambling. Check out the interview today, 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, only on VEASAN. All right. Uh, previewing a team every day this week from the NFC South. Today, it's the Atlanta Falcons. And a former tight end in the league had a really nice career in the NFL at that position, now a uh, radio host on 92.9 in Atlanta. Randy McMichael joins the program. Good morning, sir. Thanks for the time today. How are you? I'm doing great, man. Headed into the office right now. Uh, I'm doing well. I appreciate y'all having me on. Yep, you bet. So since you played that position, I have to ask you first here about Kyle Pitts, who, I mean, it was tough not to love that guy coming out of Florida. He was such a freak. And unlike basically any other player we had seen at that position, maybe ever, and uh, how effective he was uh, playing that tight end spot. I don't want to sound too harsh here because he did have a thousand yards in his rookie season. I'm not blaming him. He was hurt last year, only had 59 targets. But it, does the team, do they have plans this year? I, I know people were freaking out about the uh, preseason game the other night saying, oh my God, he only played this many snaps with the first string. It's going to happen all, all season again. Are they going to find ways to get him the ball more often this season? Well, first, I was surprised that he played in the game. You know, he's got, you know, but um, I was, it was it was good to see him. And, you know, he had the one catch. And I think that, no, I know that if Desmond Ritter puts a better ball, he's going to do something with that. But, no, I think that Kyle Pitts is one of the rarest athletes in the National Football League when you talk about everything he's able to do with his skill set. And there's no way you're going to tell me that Arthur Smith is not going to get him the ball. Now, a lot of that, a lot of the angst uh, last year, because he did get hurt, but, I mean, Marcus Mariota missed him so many times. I mean, it was just unbelievable. Some of the times the route, how being open and him not being able to get in the football. I don't anticipate that uh, this year with with, um, with Desmond Ritter. I think if Kyle Pitts plays 17 games this year, which I anticipate him doing, he'll have well over 1,000 yards this year. Uh, because I think he is the number one option in the past game. I know they got Drake London and everything, but I do view Kyle as the number one player, like you would view uh, Travis Kelsey on the Kansas City Chiefs. They got receivers, but he's the number one receiving option. You love this guy. Your level of excitement now also as they add Robinson and what this offense can look like and, and what he could do as far as winning the rookie of the year and how many touches he'll get. Well, I mean, the, the, the way that, you know, you know, the fan base, myself included, got excited by watching him run for a 12-yard run on his first touch. Just the vision, the explosiveness, and the, the, the ease that it looked and then you go to training camp, you watch how Arthur Smith using him in the passing game and everything. I don't know what the odds are for him winning the rookie year, but I will put my money on it because he's going to touch the ball a lot. And when he gets the ball, especially in open space, he's one of the most electric running backs to come in the league. The Ladanian comp- Thompson compliments or comparisons, mm-hmm. I, I, I can see. I know it's early, and I want to get over my skis, but this kid is a special, special football player. Yeah, he's plus 275 to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. That is the shortest shot on the board. I mean, he's ahead of Bryce Young, Richardson, Stroud. So that tells you, uh, Randy, what the market thinks of him being a running back in today's football and how good he's going to be this year. But how do they, how are they going to split it up this year? Because Algier also had like a really nice rookie. He was great down the stretch last year. And we still can't forget about Corderell Patterson. So how do they split up the roles here between those three guys? That's going to be the, the, the well, we talked to uh, Arthur Smith and everything, and everybody's going to have a role. I think it's going to be Dijon, though. I think they're still going to get Tyler, Tyler Algiers involved and everything because, like you said, he was a thousand yard back coming off of, you know, you know late down the season, too. It wasn't, he wasn't even the starter to start the year. And so he got better and better as it went. And they're going to run the football. I know we talk about they got all these weapons and everything, but Arthur Smith's bread and butter going back to Tennessee is that he wants to run the football, a smash mouth, ball control type team. But I still think that Bijan is going to get the majority of the touches in that running back room. How does Ritter look in camp, and do they have the right quarterback? Because you're right, there's an embarrassment of riches with all these weapons. Is the, the right quarterback there with Ritter? He better be. That's what I'm he better be because, 
you know, there was rumors, you know, we, we all knew, go back to last year with the whole Deshaun Watson thing, and then this year with mm-hmm. the whole Lamar Jackson. And, and for them to personally place a call to Desmond Ritter and tell him, no, you are our guy, that's, uh, that is, you know, because the expectations for the Falcons this year are different because you you finally got, I, I, I always say this, I said, this would not be Arthur Smith's team until Matt Ryan was gone. And Matt Ryan's gone. Then you got to think about all the salary cap hell they were in for the last year. They got out of that when spent money on free agents this offseason. And I just believe that it all comes down to Desmond Ritter. Do I think he can play? I do. But it's all about the one of those things where he can't come into the season taking baby steps. You know, you can learn on the job, but you got to hit the ground running because this year there are expectations for the Falcons considering the fact that the NFC is not as strong as, I mean, I think when the Tampa win last year, or whatever, what, seven and 10 or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I don't look at this as a juggernaut type division that they can't win. But with all that being said, it comes down to death and Ritter. And I think he has all the tools, the intangibles to be good. He's got to go out there and show it because just like you said, he has an embarrassment of riches from the skill position. Court. They won't succeed because they don't have enough guys for him to get the ball. To. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, it is a unique division, no doubt. Uh, the fact that, Every team has a new starting quarterback, and Art Smith is the most tenured coach uh, here in the division. Right. He's only in year three. So would you be disappointed if they don't make the playoffs then? Yeah, I would. I would. I think that they have a good chance. Because the one thing about it is they went 7-10 and 10 last year with, I mean, with a whole bunch of one-year guys that I don't even know if all, all those guys are back. They were just trying to fill out roster because of their salary cap situation. I think Arthur Smith is a hell of a football coach. I really, really, really do. And I think that, you know, watching him now at practice and listening to him now, seems like he's having a little bit more fun because he has more things and more talent to work with. So I just look at and anticipate that this is going to be, you know, this, like you said, it's his third year, but this is by far his best team that he's had, you know, as a collection of talent offensively and defensively. Uh, and so I think and I, I anticipate them uh, in the playoffs this year. I really, really do. Let's follow the money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Our guest, Randy McMichael, played tight end in the NFL for 11 years, really solid career. Now a radio host on 92.9 The Game in Atlanta. Okay, so how many times have you played the schedule game with Atlanta and not like drooled all over the paperwork in front of you? Because, Randy, it is the second easiest schedule in the entire league right behind the Saints. Well, the one thing I don't do, I don't do the win-loss, win-loss. I just believe that's just, sure. that's just my opinion. I don't do all that. But I just look at it. It's always one of those things where, when you, the, from the season before, what, what, the, what is the uh, thing? It's always five teams that were in or out, and mm-hmm. five teams that were out or in. That that situation, right? I pay attention to that. But I look at it, you know, from a standpoint of, you know, every year is different. I, I always do that. I think that comes a lot as being a former player because you would always look at the schedule to play like, oh, we got that one wrapped up, and then you end up losing it. <laughs> and a lot of times, I was I was on that team where people were like, oh, we got that win, and we would somehow miraculously beat a team. So. I really don't pay that much attention to it because, you know, they got, you know, but I think a lot of it has to do with all the quarterbacks that they have to play. Because the first game, you got Bryce Young first start. You got C.J. Stroud this year. You got Jordan Love this year. So you got so many young quarterbacks in this year. So I think a lot of people base it off of that. But they still got to go out there and do it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's no reason. Because, like I said, they were always in every single game. They only got blown out. I think it might have been the Cincinnati mm-hmm. game last year. And now you're in a situation where you got a better team, a really good coach, a new defense coordinator, from what you look, talk to the veterans about, like he has this style that they are falling in love with. So I anticipate them having a good year this year. It's a big rivalry. What do you think? Uh, can the Saints win nine or ten games? What do you expect now with Carr at quarterback? Well, I mean, I, I, I would say that Derek Carr is the best quarterback in the division. Obviously, that's, mm-hmm. uh, I don't think that's a, a, a reach for that. They're so talented. I think that offensively, they have some of the, they have so many pieces now. Mike has to stay healthy. I know that. A lot of that, I love him. Their offensive line, I think, is going to be better than what it was. But Jawan, I think his name is Jawan James, tight end, whatever his name is. Jawan Johnson, I yeah. I his name. Yeah, Jordan, he, yeah. Watch out for that. Watch out for that kid right there. Dude, he has some ability, and they like getting him the football. I think he's going to have a breakout year this year. I mean, obviously, losing Alvin Kamara for three years, three games is a big deal. But I think the Saints, defensively, they're going to be solid, like they always are. they got good players over there at all three levels uh, as far as, you know, their, their scheme and things like that. But I think it will come down to the Saints and the Falcons as far as for this division. I think Carolina, they got work to do, especially on that offensive line, not really sold on that. They don't have enough speed on the outside with receivers. And Tampa, I think this is going to be a rough year for Tampa. I feel bad for a man, Todd Bowles. Yeah. And this seems like this might be one of those years where Todd is let go during the season because I just don't see them being good at all. Yeah. 
You can follow Randy on Twitter. He is at RandyMac81 and catch him on 92.9 The Game in Atlanta. Hey, Randy, that was a great spot. Thanks so much for the time today. We appreciate that. My man, y'all take care. Be good. Thanks, sir. That's two, two straight days now. That's right. Each guest brought up Juwan Johnson. Like, Randy McMichael did not have to do that. I get it. Maybe it's like a brotherhood amongst tight ends, but he just brought him up again. And uh, Mike Dettelier, who came on and has covered the Saints forever, said why, he said it, I think, two or three times yesterday. Maybe once off the year, once on the air. He's like, watch out. Juwan Johnson's going to absolutely break out this year. Why not two teams? Why not two playoff teams here, too? I agree with him. Tampa's going to be awful. That strong Bulls could be gone midseason. And then Carolina's a mess. Maybe the NFC North only gets one team in. Why, why not two from this division? Because the schedule is so easy for both of these teams. Well, okay. I'll pencil in two from the East. Go ahead. Two from the, you yeah. want to pencil in two from the West? Yeah. It, uh, I two just, here? I think the team, no, I think that the North is better. Deeper at the they top. Could, they could beat each other up, though, too. Maybe all these teams are nine and eight. Get eight you already, nine. Yeah, in pocket plays coming up here on Follow the Money. It's Visa, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning, is connecting with people. In an unscripted, unvarnished way. It's getting to, to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine and I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.